What's up, everybody? You're on the Bulletproof Mafia, and I'm Michael Munsterman. Today's episode, not crazy enough. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. From the top to the bottom, I was raised to be solid. Really, at every angle, I ain't worried about the oddity. Never see the hate, tunnel vision on the profit. Boss moves if I want it, best believe I cops it. Team so tough, moving silence like the mafia. Trying to get the form whip, probably name it Claudia. Wife rocking Tiffany, that's just another day to me. I be living lavish, that's why these haters. So, what's up, everybody? We're talking today. I've, I've had this this message on my heart for a while it was it was a revelation that i had not real long ago a few weeks ago maybe a couple months ago not like but it was it was course changing and the conversation is not crazy enough and so whenever you're you're listening to this there's some things that i want to i have to like frame the conversation when i'm talking about not being crazy there's controlled chaos then there's complacency there's the ability to be where you are, accept your environment, be satisfied with what you have. And then there's this inner burning desire, this desire of, hey, I want more. I want expansion. I want growth. I want success. I want my family to be on fire. I want my relationships to be valued. Like I want to be, <clears throat> I want to be a deposit into everybody's life in my role. But what happens so many times, all of us fall in this place of complacency. We get in this place where we're calm, where things are good where we go through the motions, where we exist, where we don't have any great big fires to put out, where we're not putting ourselves out there, we're not taking any risk whatsoever, we're just living, we're existing. And the thing about that, that, that makes, like for me, that feeling creates an unease in me, something that is like extremely uncomfortable. And I don't know if everybody has that. And so when I, when I share this with you, this story, and I've got a couple of stories that I'm going to tie together. When I share these stories with you today, I want you to just think about like, this, does this really apply to me? And it might, this isn't, this is not an episode geared towards just people that are, are business people, just people who are in sales. It's literally, you could take it and apply it to anything. And so I want to make sure that I start in the right spot. So I'm going to tell you a story. And, you know, I, I met with Gary V about six weeks ago, Gary Vaynerchuk um, in New York. And I shared this story with him whenever we chatted and, and everybody in the room, you only got 10 minutes to talk with Gary one-on-one -on -one about you and your business and your experience. And, and I wanted to share with Gary this story. And so I ate up three or four or five minutes telling this story, but I think that it's so critical that I would pay $10,000 to sit in a room with a dude. And, and so it's $1,000 a minute. And I would spend four minutes of my time with this guy sharing this story that I'm about to share with you. And so here it goes. There's this, every, every I don't know if you're, you're familiar with, with WeWork. WeWork is a shared work environment. So you can rent the right to come into a WeWork space and work. This is great for real estate agents, for mortgage brokers. This is great if you've got a financial services business or if you work remotely but don't do well inside of your home. Maybe your dog bothers you. Maybe you can't focus. Maybe you just need to go. Maybe you just are driven by going to an office environment. And so WeWork created this shared work, the shared workspace. And they absolutely went bonkers. Like the, the founder of WeWork started the, the business and, and got like a $500,000 investment. So he started WeWork with a business partner 
and and then they got a 10 million dollar investment and when they got the 10 million dollars they went even crazier there's a there's a show on tv called we wrecked and and that kind of is a little bit of a spoiler to what happened but we wrecked my wife and i were watching we wrecked which is the story of we work and so here's what's crazy so the the founder was just like way out there thinker visionary had all of these brilliant ideas and like any rocket fuel situation in business, there's typically a founder and then there's that, the mechanical guy, right? There's the, the founder, the visionary, and then there's the implementer. And so he had an implementing partner, the partner that was the nuts and bolts, the, the money guy, the guy who was a little voice in his ear saying, hey, like slow down, you like this is nuts. And, and the guy was so eccentric, he would walk around the office barefoot, the office being this great big shared space with lots of different people. And he caught some cool attention from people. and so. His first major round of funding after the $10 million investment was a $400 million round. And, and when he got the 400 million, he absolutely went berserk, right? Like, so the guy's just spending money everywhere. He's acting like a total jackass. He's treating people like they're less than him. He's, but he's, but his visionary is, is bigger than his checkbook. And so he gets to a point in this journey where he's hemorrhaging a million dollars plus a day. Imagine your business is losing over a million dollars a day. And so I'm sitting here and I'm watching this story. And in this story, in this story, we're like, I'm, I'm all in that several episodes, I think it's eight or 10. Anyway, we were this episode five, six, seven, somewhere in there. And he's losing massive amounts of money. He drops everything to go to Dubai and he does a presentation for a Japanese investor. He knew that that Japanese investor would be in the audience. He catered his presentation for that guy. Thousands of people, he wanted the attention of that one guy and he got his attention. He got his attention to the tune of like a $4 billion investment to, to take WeWork to the absolute craziest place. And so I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching this and I'm thinking, okay, like 500,000, 10 million, 400 million, 4 billion. And, and he just goes, like, he's just ridiculous in his spending. I want offices here. We're going to open a WeWork here. And we're going to do 50 opens and th this and that. And, and so his, he goes from losing a million dollars a day to losing $2 million a day. So now he's, he's losing $2 million a day. And of course, he's looking at the upside. And now there's great big massive amounts of money. He gets a, a private jet and all sorts of things that are just trickling. Hey, this guy's an absolute dumbass with, with this business. But he... He's just a massive visionary. And now I'm going to pause that, right? Like this is the part of the story that I'm at. And I'm sitting on the couch next to my wife and I'm on my phone and there's this game called Holes. And Holes is, Holes is a stupid little game where you start out with literally a little hole and you move your thumb around. And as you eat the different things on the screen, the hole begins to grow. I can't just sit and watch TV. I've, I'm typically on my phone doing something pretty mindless. And so I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm playing Holes and and so as I'm playing holes, I'm watching this show and, and I'm anyway, so keep that in mind, right? I'm growing and I'm growing, and I'm growing. And when you get big enough, you can eat some of the other players on the screen. And then when you, when like at the very end, you, you can just absorb like entire villages all at once, but it's pretty mindless. It's just a way to sedate. And that's what I was doing. I was in sedation mode, sitting in front of my TV. And so they get on a conference call with this Japanese investor and they're trying to really frame how excited they are about everything that they're doing with this money. And then it comes out, well, but we're losing $2 million a day. 
And the guy's just ghosting them on the other end of the line, not making a sound. He's on speakerphone. They can't see him. This isn't a Zoom type conversation. And he's just sitting there and, and you can tell everybody wants him to say something. And all he says is, I want you to fly to Japan and meet with me tomorrow. Holy shit, right? Like, so the visionary and the implementer, they load up on, onto their jet and they're flying to Japan and they're, and they're strategizing and, and they're talking back and forth and, and they're just, they're just pouring over. How are we going to frame the conversation that we're losing all of this money in a way that's going to make sense to our, to our big investor. And, and of course the, the implementer wants it to nuts and bolts make sense. Right. And, and the visionary is like, no, you've got to paint the picture of the vision. And, and so they get there. And they begin both to talk about the numbers with this Japanese investor. They begin to say, hey, look, we want to talk to you and explain to you why we're losing money. We want this to make sense. We want to share this with you. And so they're pouring all of this out and he interrupts me. He says, stop, stop, stop. I didn't call you over here to talk to you about the money. I have a question for you. In a fight, who wins? The smart guy or the crazy guy? The implementer speaks up first and he says, well, and he kind of looks over at the vision. And he says, well, that's the smart guy, right? And the, and, and the visionary grins great big, like the Cheshire cat, like this big, obnoxious, smiling grin, right? And almost sinister. You think the Joker, big, big, big smile on his face. And he looks up and he goes, the crazy guy wins. The Japanese investor spins around, the camera pans in right on his eyes, right on his face, and he says this. He says, you're not being crazy enough, my son. Do you understand? Now, right then on my couch, I eat my last competitor in holes, and it says, success, winner. And I paused the TV and I just sat there for a second with this thought, success, winner. I'm not being crazy enough. I'm sitting on my couch in the evening. I don't have anything pressing. I don't have anything stirring in me. I don't have any ambitions or aspirations that are making me uncomfortable. I'm not being crazy enough. And if I will continue to micro level, grow, 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 if I look for competitors to gobble up, if I look for businesses to add to the portfolio, if I look for ways to push, grow, expand, success, winner. All at once. That was the message. Now, I've shared this story with several of my closest friends in business. And I've said, look, it's, it's, it's wild. I'm not being crazy enough. And literally, I came to the office in the next two weeks and re-architected the vision for my dealership. I re-envisioned the podcast. I re-envisioned my output. I re-envisioned my team. I re-envisioned where I needed to invest in staff, in employees. And I re-envisioned what an exit might or might not look like down the road. But I recognized one thing. If I'm not anxious, I'm not being crazy enough. If I don't get up and sit on the edge of my bed in the mornings and I take a deep breath... And I, if, if my thought is, man, everything's just fucking great. I'm the, I'm the best. That's not the way I want to roll. I want to wake up, take a deep breath and think, who shit, let's go. Because today I'm going to be crazy enough. And so I just, I've woven that the last couple months into the DNA of the way that I've been operating. 
We invested $50,000 in a picture booth. I hired an F&I manager. These are, this is key six level employee, somebody that I really needed to add to the team so that it could scale and grow and so that I could have more freedom from the business. I thought if I'm going to play with the big boys, then I've got to represent that way. So this, this photo booth changes the game. Go to MunsterMonado.com and look at the quality of our pictures. I hired a young lady who's brilliant in social media marketing because I knew that I needed a digital representation of the phenomenal culture that I've created over the last six years in this business. I sat across from Gary Vee and I said, Gary, look, here's the fact. This is the second time I've come and met with you. The first time we were doing three and a half million a year. Since then, I've, four, I've, I've forexed the business. We did 12 million last year in total sales. And, and I'm ready, like I'm ready to, like I'm ready to be crazy enough. So I, I've, I've let my mind go to a place where I begin to think, what would it be like if I were the largest independent dealer in, in Missouri? What would it look like if I were the largest independent dealer in the Midwest? What would it look like if I bought a new car store or two or three? What does growth look like? What does crazy look like? What does it feel like? And what does it do to my heart? Does it make me anxious? Like, look, and crazy doesn't mean reckless. I'm not saying, and I'm sharing this with you, not to brag, not to say, oh, look, look at how, how great I am and what I'm doing. I'm looking at you saying, look, when you get up and you, in the morning, you're starting your day, right? You pray, you meditate, you do your thing, you drink your coffee. Are you, are you comfortable or are you experiencing expansion? And part of this was I had architected a, a journey, like I had headed down a path that, that I knew I didn't want, but I, but I, I allowed myself to do it anyway. And I, and I became sick at my, like sick to my stomach at me. We have a beautiful home, but it's not a representation of the, of the amount of work and weight that I carry. I thought, man, why am I living in this, in a space that doesn't have all the amenities that I want? Why is my life not a representation of what, of the output that I'm putting out? Why? Like I want something different. My team needs to look different for me to hit the levels that I want. I'm going to have to unfortunately shed some people and add some people. I added a service manager, a guy that I didn't think that I could afford, who had been in a place for a really long time. We added full benefits for all of our employees, a 401k. We did all of these things that I, would, that I was anxious about doing. I didn't want to do. I was pouring all of that on because I had a new vision, something that made my heart tick a little bit quicker, causes me to take pause and, and like, oh. Am I really doing this? And so the next thing, like, like we started implementing all these things in business and, and things are going well and I'm seeing the growth happen and I'm thinking, cool, I see some evolutions, some opportunities begin to present themselves and, and it's phenomenal. And then I think, okay, but now that home thing, like I don't like the home I'm in. And so I decide I'm going to make an offer on a house house that I probably shouldn't make an offer on at a level that I probably shouldn't make an offer on, but I need to feel uncomfortable. I need to feel the heat on my back. And in this crazy ass market, we made a, we made an offer on a really great house. And in that same time, five or six other people did too. And somebody else got the house that I wanted and it really pissed me off. And I'm so glad that they got it because, well, anyway, a few weeks later, the house that I was supposed to have came on the market. And, I'm, and in order for me to get that house, I knew that I couldn't let it go live because I knew that there were several people that were interested in this property. So we made an offer on the house, sight unseen, cash will take it. We don't give a crap. We, we don't worry about selling our house or no contingencies. Like we just want the house. 
They wouldn't let us walk through it unless it went live. And so we didn't have a choice. We, I knew I wanted it. And so we bought it. Like that's being crazy enough. I need, I wanted it. Now here's the shit that sucks. Inside of the growth of the business, we're elevating the number of cars that we're selling, but inside of that chaos is ensuing. I don't just selling as many cars as we're selling right now means that I don't have my finger on the trigger of every single decision that gets made. And so literally just a couple of weeks after we make an offer on this house that we're moving into, we're defrauded. Somebody calls and, and they've stolen an identity. They, they say they're from California. They pass all the sniff tests of my team and they get my team to ship them a $60,000 Range Rover out into the middle of the ethos. It's gone. The guy whose identity they stole reached out and said, hey, I didn't buy this car. I don't want this car. I'm going to sue everybody if you don't get me out of it. And so the bank called me and said, yeah, I know we gave you the money, but we're taking it back. $60,000. I wasn't being crazy enough. Now I'm, now I'm operating in crazy, right? Controlled chaos, but I'm losing control. Then our house, this is five days later. Five days later, our house is under contract to be sold, the one we're moving out of. And, and, and literally, I'm expanded as much as I really want to be expanded, moving into this new house. But my old house is under contract. I feel pretty comfortable. I'm good with it. I know what's going to happen next. It's going to be fine. We've got all the timing worked out buying and selling and moving and in date and out date and all that bullshit's lined up. It's squared away. It's good. And then last night, the buyers backed out. Now I own two houses. Fuck. But I wanted expansion, right? I wasn't being crazy enough. And here's the thing. If, if, if anybody would sit here and say, growth is easy and growth happens and it's awesome and, and the outcome's phenomenal every single time, they're liars. Imagine, imagine putting a hot air balloon in a single wide trailer and, and trying to blow it up. That hot air balloon says, I'm ready to expand and it fires up and somebody's cranking it. It begins to grow. It begins to push. And what does it do? It takes up all the space. The problem is, is that most of you, and myself included most of the time, we're in, this, we're in this little wallowed out space of our own world. We know where the boundaries of our life are, and instead of expanding beyond the boundaries, we stay inside of this hollowed out little shitty hole that we call our life. And right on the other side of that expansion is so much more for you. Even if you just push 30% and then chill out, you're 10%, 15% better than you were. But here's why most people don't do it. Here's why I wasn't doing it. Here's why I bought the house that I really didn't want. Here's why I lived in the neighborhood that I really didn't want to live in. Here's why I let my business get to where it was comfortable. Because, because expansion, being crazy, is painful. The vision is easy. The work is hard. Anybody can dream some shit up in their head, but to execute on it, you typically have to go out on a limb. You have to expand who you are as a human being. You have to flex into the walls of the confining world that you've created for yourself, and it's painful. Frankly, it fucking sucks most of the time. And it's exhausting, and it's tiring, and it's so much easier just to back off and say, you know what, I'm good. But I'm going to tell you a secret. 
A trailer is a fixed, like pick your building, pick your balloon. It doesn't matter. We're all at different levels. Some people are in shoe boxes. Some people are, are in confinements bigger than the Empire State Building, right? Like for me, I feel like I'm in a double wide. Like I'm sitting here in this one little space. I'm trying to expand to something bigger. But when you're pushing, one of two things will happen. You will bust the structure that's holding you in and you'll graduate to something bigger or it'll create too much pain, too much angst, too much frustration, and you'll give up. And it's why so many things that, so many people who you're around, so many people you're talking to, so many situations, all of those things matter. It matters how you sleep. It matters how you fuel yourself. It matters if you work out. It matters who your friends are. It matters what comes out of your mouth, who you listen to, what you do. Every single thing adds or takes away from the strength that you have as you're trying to expand. And the easiest thing for anybody to do is to just stay in their lane. But there's a downside. Your structure never stays the same. It either expands or it's contracting. You're either pushing the bounds of yourself or you're being pushed. Because shit happens to you at any level. And whether you're buying a six, seven figure house or whether you're losing $60,000, or maybe somebody just steals $1,000 from you and you live in a $60,000 house. Like pain is relevant, but it doesn't get worse, worse with scale. And I need you to think about that. Pain doesn't get worse with scale. Expansion doesn't get worth, like it doesn't hurt any worse to push to level that you're afraid of than it does just to sit in your lane because the world will come around you. It'll crush you. When you think I'm good, you're about to be disrupted. And so the question just simply becomes like, do you want to be the one pushing the bounds or do you want to be the one getting crushed? And so for me, when I'm sitting there and I hear that Japanese man spin around and he looks at the guy and he says, you're not being crazy enough, my son. It caused me to realize I was letting myself coast. I was being complacent in way too many areas. And I knew what was necessary. And it's painful. And I believe on the other side of it, this next level, this next step, that I'll have the same shitty problems. But my capacity to carry the added weight will just get better. And there will be a point where I'm scaling at a different level versus the, the level that I was scaling at. I mean, we've made big moves in the last 90 days since, that, since I first shared this story with my closest friends. And none of that matters. It's not about, it's not about hey, I'm, I'm mad at the people that stole from me. It's my fault. We have said that a thousand times on this podcast, right? The result is your fault. The result is my fault. The guy steals a $60,000 car. It's my fault. I didn't have the controls in place to prevent it. I didn't, I knew the transaction was happening. I didn't do anything. The buyers backed out of my house. It's my fault. I accepted their offer. And I take that onus so tightly that when I found out that they were backing out, I had their address. We stalked them on Facebook. This is kind of creepy, but I, I, I jumped in my car and I drove to their house and I knocked on their door because I was going to make sure that they were going to look me in the eyeball. The guy who they're screwing over they tried to feed me some bullshit about, well, we're all in the same boat. Well, we're not, but I'm not mad at you. I just wanted you to know that I'm willing to work with you. And I don't think our real estate agents are necessarily communicating the way that I like them to. 
It didn't matter. They still backed out. But I take the results as my fault to that level. So I didn't use the right word track. I didn't play to the right emotion. I didn't listen well enough. There's something I didn't do that did that didn't turn it around, right? Like they still backed out. It's my fault. I own it. I own the result. But I also want you to get in a, a headspace where you look at your own life and you say, hey, my responsibility as 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 the person that has the fiduciary umbrella over me is to push the bounds of that protection, to step outside of the place that I feel safe, to get a little wet, to break through the barriers, no matter how painful, because there are, there, there are incremental sucky points that hurt. But when it's all said and done, when you're on the other side of that expansion, you level up. Take a breather. Give yourself a quick pat on the back and then dare to be crazy enough again. Savvy.